thin right here. It's all thin. What, what happened right here? It's all thin. I'm preaching to these empty seats. It's all right. I'll preach good to them. Amen. How y'all doing good this morning? Some awesome worship and awesome uh, just time in the presence of God. And, and uh, God is so good. Last week, we had an amazing Pentecost service. Amen. It was so much fun and just celebrating what the Holy Ghost has done. And Pastor kicked off our Created for Community series by talking about the necessity of the power of God, amen, in order to, to have community in the church. Because how many of you know we can't love each other without the Holy Ghost? Y'all think we're just all going to be friends on accident? It is going to be a work of the Spirit of God. I mean, it takes all the power of heaven to make this happen. Do you, you, under, you understand that? And so, uh, so I'm excited about c- talking about this created for community. And uh, I, I'm going to be talking about the value of relationships this morning and how important uh, those relationships that we develop within the community of believers, the household of faith, the Bible calls it. And, uh, and so to, to do that, how you know, we can't really develop real relationships when we walk in on Sunday morning and we see each other and we all look good. Some better than others, James. But we all look good, right? And, and we high five. We, I like to fist bump. There's less germs when you fist bump. So you know what I mean? So less burnt germs when you uh, fist bump. But we high five, we fist bump, we drink a cup of coffee, we go get a donut, we listen to a good word. Afterwards, we talk for a few minutes and then we disperse and go about our lives. And uh, I think God's called us to live deeper in community, and that's going to take true relationships. And when you, and see, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because when you really start digging into somebody's life, and you start mingling your life with their life, that's, 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 that's where it can get messy, it can get difficult, and that's where it requires the power of God to come in and be able to make all that happen. And so we're talking about today developing those kinds of relationships beyond high and by, Right? Beyond surface relationships, get a little bit deeper, know people a little bit better than maybe we know them already. And so to help me uh, illustrate that uh, at the beginning, I've got a couple of guys that are going to help me come up, play a quick game, see if we can get to know these guys a little better. I've got Mr. Bruce Frenzel all the way, all the way from Frenzel Road out Round Top Way. And then coming from Winchester Way. Winchester Way, right out there by Clear Lake Pines, we have Mr. Sam Speedy. Where's Sam at? Sam's in there. Y'all give Sam a hand clap today. Now, now listen. Next week, I'm, I'm going to be teaching on something different about how there's no competition in the spirit with each other. But we haven't learned that yet, so today we're going to have a little competition. Y'all with me? Y'all weren't with me, I don't think. But So what we got here, they're going to help me play a little game that I like to call Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. Right? And are you, th- th- now, this is, now, they're competing against one another here. And what they're going to do is, is they're going to, Bruce is going to look at Sam, and he's going to tell Sam one truth about himself and one lie about himself. And it's going to be Sam's job to look back at Bruce and determine which one's a truth, which one's a lie. If Sam gets it right, he gets a point. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Is this too deep for y'all or can we do this? Yeah. All right, we got this. So this is going to be intense. And what we're going to do is 
A lot of y'all know some of these people better than others, so we want no input from the audience. Feel free to whisper to your neighbor what you think the answer is, but we don't want to help these guys out any. We, we, we want this to, 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 to be legit. We want it to be genuine. Now, normally we would go ladies first, but I don't have any ladies, so we'll let Bruce Frenzel go first. And uh, age, before age before beauty, Sam says. See, this is getting serious already. So... So here we go. Now, now these two guys, very interesting guys. They're, they're going to help us. Bruce is going to go first. And so, Bruce, lead the way. And remember, you want to win, so don't give this away. All right. Here we go. Before I met Jesus, I spent a night in jail in Port Aransas. Before I met Jesus. Ooh. I, appeared, I appeared in advertisements in Newsweek and Time magazine. The newsprint. You're right. He got it? You're right. You're newsprint? right. Newsprint? I would have gone with jail for sure. No. It, it wasn't Port Aransas. <laughs> no. He kept going. It was in Matamoros. He went to Mexican jail. All right. All right. Here we go, Sam. Oh, no. Here, no. Sam. Okay. All right. So, All right. So, so, so Sam Speedy got a point. Go. Hmm. Fact or fiction, number one. I've been on all seven continents. Or B, I've received a birthday card and a graduation card from the President of the United States of America. He's been on all seven continents, folks. He's, he was in the military for years and years and years. That is incorrect. Oh! Oh, wow! I've been on four continents, but I actually received a uh, high school graduation card and a birthday card from President Ronald Reagan. We had some friends that worked in the White House, so... Wow! Wow. Is this... Is my mic card? Can y'all hear me? Everybody hear me? All right. That is really interesting. The president sent you... Card? That's never happened for me before. He did. And Bruce, I'll show he, it to you someday. He smoked you on that one, oh, Bruce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's Bruce is a goose egg, Sam is one. Yep. All right, Bruce, here we go. Right. Hey, Bruce. Come My on. My high school graduating class, is this working? No. No. There it goes. Oh, here we go. My high school graduating class picked me as most athletic. And the other one is after a dance, I once drove a car from Schulenburg to LaGrange in reverse because the forward gears did not work. Ooh. <laughs> For some reason, I can see you driving in reverse. Is it true, Bruce? That's <laughs> true. It's true. <laughs> Was Rose with you? I thought this was going to be easy. <laughs> Sam 2, Bruce 0. Come on, Bruce. Bring it back. All right, Sam, what do you got? <laughs> discernment. Let me pray for discernment for Bruce. 
Sam kind of scares me up here. Okay, check this one. All right. I've had dinner at the governor's mansion. Or I have a teapot from the king of Morocco. Well, that's easy. He's had dinner at the governor's mansion. He served on the security patrol there. That, again, would be incorrect. Oh, man! This, this is going to be like the... This is going to be like the Cavs and the Warriors right here. Here we go. Okay, so... And I so, know, wait. You have a teapot from the king of Morocco? I do. It's a big, big brass teapot. And, by the way, Cindy has tried to get rid of it like five times. Why would you do that? That's cool. So, right. the story is my, my dad was in the military, and they were doing exercise with the Moroccan army. And so, as a gift, the king of Morocco gave him a teapot, which he's given to me. That's interesting. I didn't know about his dad doing that. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Bruce. All right. Redeem yourself. I know. I once ran a 23 flat in the 200-meter dash to win second in the regional track meet. Or, while driving a loaded school bus, I had an accident ending up in a ditch and making the front page of a major newspaper. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with the theme. If you drive backwards, you probably wrecked a bus. Is it true? (laughs) The Houston Post. Were there children in the bus? Oh, they loved it. There were 72 of them, and they, they thought it was great. So you used to drive, what were you doing driving a school bus? I was, was paying this... my way through college. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And how did that work out? <laughs> I got out. I got out. <laughs> all right. Three to nothing here. Oh, is that it? Is that all of them? No, got you one. got one more. All right, go. The lightning round. Lightning. lightning. Okay, this one's worth 4,000 points. Here so this we go. is uh, some music trivia for you. Okay, one... I met George Strait backstage. Or two, I had Ted Nugent speak at an event. Hmm. Well, go with the opposite of whatever you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I feel a certain kinship here. Uh, one time after a concert, I gave B.J. Thomas a ride. So I'm going with George Strait. Uh, oh man! I told you, Bruce. There wasn't oh. any doubt on that one. All right, is that all three of them? That's it. Good job, y'all. Give him a hand clap. Y'all, Sam Speedy, our winner. Bruce Finzel, the loser. This isn't little league. Not everybody gets a trophy at the remnant. You got to win. Hallelujah! Isn't God good? So, how many of y'all feel like you know Bruce and Sam a little bit better than you did before? Amen? So, it's really interesting whenever you truly develop relationships, and within those relationships, you get to know people beneath the surface of what we experience, just with a high and a by at church. 
Amen? It's so much more than that. And so we, the, the, I love the title of this. It's Created for Community. And that's exactly what we are. God created us to live in the, in the confines of community. Thank you, sir. He created us to live in community. Hallelujah. Genesis 2.18, God said, It is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. We're supposed to live this thing, and this is a tough word in Christianity, but we've got to learn how to say it and, and mean it. The word is together. Can you all say that? Together. He has created us to live in community. He told Adam, hey, hey, this is not good. Man should not be by himself. He, I have created him to live within the confines of community. I have created him to build deep relationships with those that are around him. From the beginning, God created us to live in relationship with one another. Faith that is being lived outside the confines of community is deformed and incomplete. You know, there's a lot of people that that would say, uh, I hear it all the time, well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, true, like you can go to heaven, have a relationship with Jesus, but he created you. He created you to live in relationship, to live in community with other believers. Well, I don't have to go to church. Well, I want to tell you something. If, if, if that's the way you believe and that's the way you feel, yes, that's true. I'm not questioning your relationship with God. That's not my place to question your relationship with God. But I'm telling you, your faith, what you're living out, and obviously I'm preaching to the choir here because y'all are all here, right? This is, this is for somebody who might hear it one day and says this. But you hear people say this all the time. Well, I don't have to go to church to be a believer. Yes, but to be operational and functional in the kingdom of God, to not, be, to not have a deformed faith, to not have an incomplete faith, we have to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. It's called the body of Christ. Amen? Genesis 6.10, it says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially... Of those, he be, belonged to the family of believers. King James Version says the household of faith. I love the message version. It says community of faith. We're supposed to be a part of a community of faith. I love that word community. That's where the church is or should be. That's it's what it is. It's, it's a community. A community is where you live. It's where you're connected. It's where you have roots. If you find yourself rolling in on Sunday morning and leaving with no real ties or relationships, then you're not part of the community. Rachel and I love to vacation. Next week, uh, we have the privilege of uh, driving up into the mountains in the Red River, and we're going to spend a week in Red River, New Mexico, and I am pumped, right? I am fired up about going on vacation. How many of y'all like to go on vacation? How many of y'all like to go on more vacations? I mean, I'll need to take a few less vacations. Things are expensive. So we love vacation. Rachel and I love Red River. We have been so blessed. I think just about every year since we've been married, I think, uh, we've had the opportunity to go up there in the winter and take our family skiing, and and we just, we love it. I mean, there is something special about being up in the mountains. And and how many of y'all are beach people? Like, you're like beach people. Where are the mountain people at? 
right? We're a both it. I just, I, I love it. I love both of them. I love both of them. So you got beach people, you got mountain people. And so I'm both. We love the mountains. We love the beach. And so, but we love Red River, New Mexico. Tiny little town. Just, just cool. The ski mountains right there. Love it. Red River, New Mexico. It's where we vacation. Are y'all with me? It's where we vacation. You see, our community is LaGrange. But we like to vacation in Red River. So how can you tell the difference between the two? How can you tell the difference between Red River and LaGrange as far as Rachel and I are concerned? Here's how you tell the difference. Here's how, how, do, how can you tell the difference between a community and a vacation town? A community is where you have relationships. A vacation town is where you don't know nobody. I know, don't know nobody. That's hick, right? That's okay. It's where you do not know anyone. A community is where you work. Vacation town is where you served. Isn't that the great part about vacation? You're like, hey, I need another, another Coke, man. Right? When you're home in your community, you go to work. When you're on vacation, you're served. When you're in your community, that's where your children get educated. When you're on vacation, that's where your children play. So now let's bring that into what we're talking about, the body of Christ, the church being a community that we're supposed to belong to, not just an organization, but a community. Is it where you have relationships or is it where you don't know anybody? Oh, Lord. You say, well, I know Bruce and Sam, so I'm good. <laughs> when you come to church, is it a place where you work or is it a place where you're served? That's good. That's good. I love it. We, we've been having so much fun on Sunday mornings. We have everybody who's in ministry meets here at 920. We're having something called pregame. And we get fired up. We get focused. We, we, get, we get all on one page on what God's doing. And you ought to see this altar is packed with people that don't just come to be served, but they're not afraid to serve. Why? Because they know what community is all about. They know what community is all about. Because when you're in a community, you don't just come and, and, and get served. You know, that air conditioner could be a little lower and the lights are a little too bright. And, you know, I wish the coffee was a little bit hotter and I wish that they had chocolate-covered donuts. Well, you're not a part of the community. You came to be served. But God is calling us to serve, work within our community. And, and listen, this is where our children get educated. This is where our children are being educated. It's not just where they come to play. See, what's your attitude when your children show up for church? Are you just glad you get to get rid of them for two hours? <laughs> now, that is a bonus. Don't get me wrong. That, that is a plus. But this is where your children are being raised up in the truth of God. Our, our children's workers know they're not missing out whenever they miss this service because they're giving those kids the absolute best that God has for them. The best that God has for them. They're up there in EFJ right now, I promise you. Donna and uh, Jerry Pashoski are giving those kids the best 
that God, they are being educated. They are being raised up as young men and women of God. They are being raised up to do what I'm doing right now, what you're doing right. That's the, that, that's not the, that's right. I'm, th- these kids are ministering now. They're on this stage now. This is where your kids are educated, not just where they come to play. That's how you know if you're, see, are you on vacation when you come to church or are you, are you stepping into the community where you live when you come to church? Our relationships are a good sign of whether we are doing one or the other. Ephesians 4, 9 through 12, it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Reminds me of when we went to Mexico and I shared a tent with Howard Holmes and Quentin Gonzalez. It got cold at night down there in Baja. Me and Howard snuggle right up, man. I'm telling you. Right? Right? Hey, that little skinny joker, he need a little, a little love. <laughs> Though one, listen, how many know when you're a grown up, you just don't want to share anything? I didn't even want to sleep in the same tent as Howard and Quentin, but I had to. Didn't have a choice. Just didn't have a choice. <clears throat> Whatever. I'm not going to tell you some of the things Howard did in that tent. Help us, Jesus. But see, that's relationship. That's rela- Listen. I rode in a boat for two days with that guy right there. You better know. We, this, 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 I was calling for the Holy Spirit, the power of God. I said, Jesus, if you don't make this work, I'm going to kill him. Telling you. See, that's relationship. That's fun. When we get together, we can talk about those times. And we, we, you know, we, we've shared things with each other and prayed with each other and gone beyond, hey, how's it going, man? That's what God is calling us to. We are created. Our creator fashioned us with a need, a need, a great need for godly relationships. So, so we, we, we try to fill that need with all these other kind of things. Listen, we'll be friends with anybody but folks in the church. We'll spend time with everybody but people who we are in covenant with. Now, I'm not, don't take this the other way. I, Rachel's always like, well, you got to preach the other side too. I know I got to preach the other side, but I don't have all that time. The other, don't take this like, well, I'm going to go ahead and close my eyes to the world and we're all, we're all just going to have this sick little commune uh, here and, and do church together. That's not what we're talking about. I've never been to a church that, that lives out its faith and its relationships outside these walls more than I have this one. But we ought to be there for each other and be able to build each other up and be able to, be able to call one another and, and have that kind of rapport to where, listen, there's people that can call me up and say, hey man, I need prayer. Do you need me to pray for you about something? Absolutely. We've got that kind of relationship. If relationships were a currency, would you be rich or would you be poor? Just think about it in your own life. Christian relationships. Would you be rich or would you be poor? 
something to think about. I love Brother Philip. He's, he's just, he always preaches about relationship. Are you relationship rich or are you relationship poor? Relationships build the kingdom. How many of y'all get his daily move on email? If you're not, you should go sign up for his daily move. It's awesome. It encourages you every single day. But he's all about relationships and we should be too. We're not just called to go to church together, but we are called to do life together. We are called to do life together. Philippians 3.17 says, Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this same course, heading for the same goal. There are so many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. So Paul's telling the, the church, the Philippian church, he's telling them, Hey, guys. Stick together. Stick together. You know, one of the things that breaks my heart the most about young people is we, we have this hardcore group of young people. We got so many young people, but then I'll hear about our young people going to school and, and, and treating each other bad. Our, the same kids that come to church on Wednesday night, they go to church and they're not sticking together. I mean, they come to church together, but then they go to church and they don't stick together at school. But the scripture says, keep track of those who are running the same course as you. Don't come to church and and, and be friendly here and then walk outside of the church and pretend you don't know any of these people. We're called to do life together in this building and outside of this building. Life. Having the right people around you is the key to fulfilling God's plan for your life. It's so crucial. Having the right people around you is the key to fulfilling God's plan for your life. It's such a good story about when Mary and Elizabeth are pregnant. It's in Luke 139. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. And it says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to to a town in the hill country of Judea. When she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting and the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Those are the kind of people I want in my life. See, relationships are so important. Elizabeth was Mary's cousin and she was pregnant with John the Baptist. And she was big and pregnant and 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 and. and when, when Mary came to spend time with her, Mary said, hey, Elizabeth, how are you doing? And the Bible says that what was in Elizabeth's womb leapt and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, those are the kind of relationships we need in our lives. We need people in our lives that when they get around us, it causes what God has put in us to come to life. I want somebody to make my baby leap. I don't know if that works. But it does because we've all been impregnated by the Spirit of God with something powerful, with something world-changing, and we got to get around somebody who can speak into that thing, who sees past who we think we are, and they see who we really are, and it causes what God has placed in us to come to life. We're around people that are trying to abort what God has placed in us. 
We're spending more time with people that are trying to kill what God has put in us. But he said, why don't you get around a community of believers, people that I put in your life, because they're going to speak life into your destiny. Somebody in here is a key to part of my destiny. Everybody else tells you the way you really are. They call you the way you really are. Listen to me, it don't take nothing to tell me how I really am. I need people in my life that are going to tell me who, I, who God's called me to be. Amen? Thank you, Don. Amen, sister. Come on, I'm looking for somebody who can call out the, the greatness that God's placed in me. You heard the story a hundred times. Austin hadn't heard it. I'll tell it to Austin. Buffalo, Giddings Buffalo. I'll pray for him after the service. All the buffaloes come get prayer. It's okay to have fun in church, y'all. Hey, but listen to me. I I, I was 18 years old. I I was lost as a goose. Aren't goose? They don't get lost, though. So that didn't make any sense. But I was lost. I was lost. And I'm telling you, I just hung around people that would, that would tell me, what a, what, you know, hey, man, you know, we ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere fast. And I'm like, I know, we ain't going nowhere together. But there were a few people in my life that would speak past, past what you could see on the outside. This is why godly relationships are so important. Where's Noah? Noah in here? God bless him. No, there were people that would speak past what everybody else could see. And for some reason, they could see the baby that God had placed on the inside of me. I tell these stories all the time. I don't care if you get tired of hearing them because I am so glad. Because my baby began to jump when they would talk to me. It's still jumping. (laughs) So, so... He's in there jumping, y'all. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know. We've been called to do life together. Been called to do life together. Elizabeth, Mary walks up to Elizabeth, and she didn't withdraw anything from her, but she spoke life into her, and it caused what was on the inside of her to come to life. And then it says that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to get around people that fill me with God, that fill me with more. But I had my pastor, he would say, he'd say, Colby, you know, you, you might as well just give it up and serve God, you, you, you dumb, dumb. I don't know if they should have said that, but he did. <laughs> right? My mama would place that TBI brochure on my bed every single night, and I would think, doesn't she see who I am? And she was thinking, I see who you are. I see who you are, man of God. I see who you are. Everybody else, everybody else sees what you, 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 everybody else sees the front that you're putting up. I see what God put in you. Amen. Listen, we, we, we got to get around. We've got to have relationships that are bold enough, that are real enough to look past the mask that we've placed on because the mask is just protection. And if we really could get, get honest with each other, we would love to be delivered from the mask. Come on, tell the truth. I want to be around somebody who can talk past the mass, past the front. Listen to me. Uh, Christians are like dewberries. Dewberries. 
They are the sweetest, best. My God, Steve Haney can make dewberry jelly, make you want to slap your mama good. I'm telling you. But you know they're the hardest things to get to? You don't get a dewberry on accident. You've got to reach through the thorns. My God, there's copperheads slithering under your hand. You are getting bloody, tore up, but the dewberry is worth the pain. Amen? That's the kind of friends I want. The friends that are are willing to go past my thorns, past my difficulties, past the abrasiveness of who I am, and reach down and find the sweet thing that God's put on the inside of me. It's the dewberry. But see, we walk up to people and they're pokey and we go, ooh, ooh, they're not any good. Yeah. But see, we're in community. You don't get somebody, you, you, you don't get to, get to reach all the way to the sweetness of that dewberry just by walking by and, and, and saying hi on Sunday morning. We got, we got to dive in. See, because our flesh and everything else has built walls and borders and boundaries and all these things all around us to try to keep people out. But when we come to church, this is family. These people, these people. Listen, just stick around even whenever they start going past your thorns. You'll send, a, you'll send your copperhead by to try to scare them off. But see, we're believers. We got the Holy Ghost. Like Paul, man, bite you and shake it off. How many of y'all been bit before? (laughs) Right? That's okay. There's something sweet on the inside of every single one of us. And we've got to get around people that can tap into that. Hallelujah. Relationships that that are more than just surface. You see, we need these types of relationships. God has created us to need these types of relationships because whenever we have a true community, Christian community relationship, it's the kind of relationship that will, number one, it'll pick you up when you're down. It'll pick you up when you're down. Any of y'all have been down before? Any of y'all have been knocked down? out for the count and somebody comes in and scoops you up that's what this is all about it picks you up when you're down to find out who your real friends are just get into some kind of trouble right right I'll tell y'all a pretend story I went to jail when I was uh, when I was in high school, <clears throat> this is a false story. It's just just for illustration's point. Went to jail when I was in high school, and and uh, you talk about there. There's just find out who your real friends are. Get in trouble. Get in trouble, and see who shows up. See, and then whenever it happens, don't forget. Don't forget. Because my lifeblood were my friends, right? I mean, I, I loved them. I'd do anything for them. Went to jail. Had a drug charge, went to jail. And 
And uh, listen, I loved him so much I wouldn't even rat on him. David, I didn't even rat on him. Police, just like David, trying to get me to tell on folks. <laughs> Interrogating me. But I was so loyal to him. So loyal. And you want to know something sitting in that jail? Not one of them showed up. Not one. No, I ain't called. I didn't call. My mama didn't call either. <laughs> Get that relationship out of my life. No. But my pastor came. Pastor came. Right? Because he saw past what everybody else saw. And then I get out of jail and I try to go running back to my people. You know what they did? They didn't pick me up when I was down. They... Mm. And I started to get smart. I was like, wait a minute. I was down, and they didn't pick me up. But you, you know what the kicker was for me? I was glad he came to see me in jail. Really was. But he just, he's not that good looking. You know what I mean? Kicker was for me one day, because all my friends told me they thought I was a narc and everything else. And, and they said, no, I mean, you, we don't want you hanging out with us anymore. And, and the kicker was for me... I was so lonely. I was so broken. I'd been kicked when I was down. I'd been sold out by the people that I'd given my life for. And I came home a couple of weeks after just living life in isolation and depression. And I came, <clears throat> I walked out to my truck one day and I opened the door and on my front seat, there was a little note folded up. These kids don't even know about notes. It wasn't a text message. It wasn't a Snapchat right? I didn't snap it to anybody. But there was a little note on notebook paper, James. You remember this. Folded up, like in the shape of like a little diamond football. And so I undo the note, and it said, hey, Colby, uh, if you want to hang out, give me a call. Phone number, Rachel. I like this community. But you want to know something? Obviously, I was head over heels and everything else, but you want to know something? I wasn't saved yet. I wasn't living my life right yet. But all of a sudden, it was like, wait a minute. I'm down, and she's willing to offer me a hand up. Right? And I knew there wasn't nothing coming from that relationship that I was thinking because she was like, Holy Ghost filled, Jesus loving. It wasn't going to happen. Wasn't going to happen, right? I got that note too. Ain't happening, Rachel. That's a true story. It's actually a true story. Um, <clears throat> we'll tell that another time. But you, you, you know, it's, it's just, I, I was down. I'll read you the story because I can relate to this story. Luke 10, 29. Story of the Good Samaritan. It says, he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Just who do I live in community with? Here's who. A man was walking down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and when he fell into the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and, excuse me, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by 
on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went in and bandaged his wounds and poured oil and wine on him. And then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn to take care of it. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Who's your friend? Who's your neighbor? Who are you living in community with? Do you have relationships with people like that Samaritan man? Because see, when things are going good, everybody celebrates you, right? Everybody wants to be on the success train. But when it falls apart, you better be around, you better have a community of believers that are not afraid to get their hands dirty, right? That are not afraid to give of themselves. They're not afraid to reach down and pick you up when you're down. That's the kind of people you got to be around. See, my wife reached down and picked me up while I was down. And that was my only friend. She was my only friend for three months. Then we started dating. Then it was on. But we were friends, right? Pastor, we were just friends, I swear. You got to get around people that will pick you up when you're down. I mean, I'll never forget being diagnosed with cancer and and, and I was so down. Rachel was so, we didn't even know how to function, how to exist, how to do anything. And every single week, y'all, I lived prayer service to prayer service, Sunday to, I mean, I would come dragging in and I would get filled up. People would pray, people would speak life, and it would fill me up enough to, 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 to make it another week. And then we'd come back in and see, but there were people that kept picking us up. We were so down. So down. A community relationship is one that picks you up when you're down. A community relationship is one that connects you to Christ. It connects you to Christ. It encourages your relationship with Jesus. Do you have those kind of relationships within the body? Do you have people that encourage your relationship with Jesus? Do you have those kind of people that connect you to Christ? Every single one of you, man, I look out and I can do example after example of a way that that I feel like you help connect me to Jesus. I want to tell you something. He is doing something in our church. He is raising us up to another level to live in this kind of community. We have got to get this rogue spirit out of here. We can't do this on our own. We can't do this on our own. But the cool thing is, see, the, 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 every, we used to, not us, but the church used to try to get everybody to church all the time. We'd just live at church and then we'd be okay, right? But then we had to go out into the, to the world. But the awesome thing is, is, is we don't just do life together at church. We do life together everywhere. There is nothing better for me than to see everybody on Instagram and Facebook and everything else that to see everybody, I mean, people are eating dinner together and people are, kids are playing sports together. and I mean, just community outside the walls. It's so powerful. We got to get around people that connect us to Christ. You know, that's who Ruth was. And that's who Naomi was to Ruth. If you've never read the story of Ruth, I read it just the other day in my, my Bible reading. It's just such a cool story. 
Go read Ruth. It's like four chapters. It'll take you like 20 minutes. If you're not a fast reader, 30. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Listen to what Ruth 1.16 says. Ruth, Ruth is, uh, Naomi was Ruth's mother-in-law and she was, uh, her, her son had died, Ruth's husband. And they had lost everything. Ruth was a Moabite woman. They lost everything. And so Naomi looks at Ruth and she says, hey, girls, she looks at Ruth and their other daughter-in-law. She says, y'all, y'all, y'all go back to your hometown because I've got nothing to offer you. And Ruth refuses to leave her. Listen to what she says. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave or leave you or turn back from you. Where I go, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. You know, it's so cool because Ruth recognized who Naomi was. Ruth was a Gentile. She was a Moabite woman. She had no right or connection to God. But Naomi was a Hebrew. And even after Ruth's husband died, Ruth looked at Naomi and said, I refuse to leave you. And Naomi looks at her and says, why? I have nothing to offer you. And Ruth is like, you have everything to offer you. If I don't leave you, if I stay connected to you, your God will be my God. You see, Naomi literally connected Ruth to Christ. Literally. You say, how? Because because Ruth kept that relationship. She kept that connection. She went back to Israel with Naomi. She met a dude named Boaz, right? If I had a son, his name was going to be Boaz. That is an awesome name. Somebody's going to do it in here. Boaz. Lewis, Boaz. (laughs) Daryl? Uh, I'm sorry. She meets Boaz. Her and Boaz get married. They have a baby named Obed. Obed has a baby named Jesse. Jesse has a baby named David. Bartimaeus, sitting on the side of the road, he said, son of David, have mercy on me. He was talking to Jesus. Because Ruth refused to sever her relationship with Naomi. She was literally connected to Christ. Connected to Christ. Come on. Our relationships with each other, we we, we connect each other to Christ at a greater level. Or we should. This kingdom is built through relationships. And we have to value those relationships. And all summer long, we're going to be talking about this created for community. And we have some super exciting things coming up that I am so excited about. They're in the works. They're in the pipe. I mean, they're coming down. It's going to be so good. We're talking about this. Create. We're going to be learning how to live together in unity. I love this. We talk about unity all the time. That's where the power of God is. We're going to learn how to live together in this thing called community, this thing that God created us for. And I'm telling you, we're going to see God take this church to a whole nother level. You believe it? You believe it? Give Jesus a hand clap. Baby leapers. 
Amen. Dewberries. I want some dewberry jelly now. It made me hungry. Hallelujah. God is so good. Listen, I, we, we never want to give, uh, we want to give everybody an opportunity. Everybody that comes in, through these doors, we want to give them an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. Amen? To have a relationship with Jesus. We want to, we, 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 I, I have to make sure that your eternity, I love, yesterday Pat and Rebecca got married. It was just like the coolest. It was the coolest. Y'all stand up. Stand up. Y'all stand up. Look at them. The newlyweds. Hey, the whole ceremony, I had to keep Rebecca off of him. I'm serious. Woo. Wait till the end. Wait till the end. Anyways, it was so much fun. We had so much fun. But what I loved about their, their, their ceremony, when I was meeting with them, they both said, Pastor Colby, we, we want people to have the same opportunity that we had to accept Jesus, to receive Jesus into their lives. And there was an altar call at their wedding. Every single person had an opportunity to make sure that if they died, they would spend eternity with Jesus. Every single person. So cool. So cool. So every time we get together, we like to make sure and give people that opportunity. You did not come here this morning on accident. God knew just where you were. He knew just what he was doing. You may have thought it was a fluke or you just felt it on a whim, but I'm telling you, God moved you to this place right now, right now. And he wants you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are his child. And the only way to do that is to believe that that God's son, Jesus, died on that cross. He rose again on the third day and he did it all so that your sin could be totally and completely paid for. There's not a person in this room, no matter how good you are, I don't care what community standings or organizations you're a part of, I don't care how much money you have, none of it matters. All that matters is has the blood of Jesus cleansed you from everything. There's only one way to get to heaven, it says in John 14, 6, and that's through Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, you've never prayed that prayer, and said, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I need your sacrifice. I need your blood. I need you in my life. If you've never done that, today's your day. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you've never received Jesus, if you died today, you don't know if you'd go to heaven. Don't miss this opportunity. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand in the air. Anybody in here? If you died today, you don't know if you'd go to heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you. I see that. Amen. Come on, people making decisions. You died today, you don't know if you'd go to heaven. You say, well, I'm not sure. You can be sure today. Don't leave here not knowing that you know, 100% sure that Jesus is Lord of your life. We're going to pray a prayer in just a moment. If that's you, you want to get in on that prayer. Slip your hand up in the air. Come on, he brought you here for a reason. Don't miss it. Where are you at? Today's your day. Anybody else? Amen. Thank you. I see that hand. Come on, God's, God's moving. Biggest mountain that we can move. We sang that song. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. The biggest mountain that he's ever going to move in your life is the mountain of sin. You can't move it yourself.
Two people today are deciding to make Jesus Lord of their life. Do you want to be number three? You want to be number three? Don't miss this. He loves you. He loves you. Last chance. Amen. <laughs> Come on. How about a number four? Hallelujah. Somebody else? He loves you. He's calling you. He, he, he wants you to come to him. He's not ashamed of you. He's not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. Look, of course you're in the condition that you're in. You did it without him. He says, come on, come to me. Anybody else? We're fixing to pray. Three, two, thank you, sir. One, if, if you raised your hand, we're going to pray this prayer together. I want you to pray it and mean it from your heart. This is between you and God. We're all going to pray it together. Say, Jesus, I've tried this on my own, but I can't move this mountain of sin. But I know that Jesus died on that cross. He rose again on the third day. And when he did, the mountain of sin was removed. So today I receive your forgiveness. I've messed up and I repent. I'm turning from my old ways. And I receive the life that you have for me. Come into my heart. Change my life. I don't ever want to be the same. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We got a couple of announcements. If you just raise your hand and you prayed that prayer for the first time, we have a, a gift that we want to give you. It's a Bible, some stuff that's going to help you on your journey as you begin to walk with Jesus. And Pastor Jan's going to have it right over here. Please, if you prayed that